2: Ronald Nesty here, live. Artists on lockdown, hanging and banging once again. 49 episodes on our way to 52. We're going to be having a big celebration for our one year. Uh, We are hanging and banging tonight with some special guests. Uh, I tell you what, each week we uh, get the backstage stories from Legends of Rock and Roll, and I do it with my brothers. We're going to bring them on now. Uh, You know from Deal, you know from Black Sabbath. You know, from Last in Line. You know, from this show, Artists on Lockdown. Where's Vinny Apice? Come on, my brother. Hi. <laughs> what are you doing now? You, you, know, you always have an opener. Give me your opening line.
3: No, no, no. I was just looking. I mean, what do you think? I'm thinking of buying this. Hang on. Wait.
2: As, you know what? That is so you know what? That is so you. So you I don't know if you remember, but when we were kids, the girls, because my sister had played this game Mystery Date. And you look like the James Bond mystery date guy with that jacket.
3: <laughs> look at that. I mean, who wears the white jackets? I never see any.
2: Oh, sorry, Ron. <laughs> you're a fucking man. All right. You're busting my chops sorry, already. Man. We're 13 seconds into this. You already busted my onions, Ven. <laughs> <laughs> onions? I got onions. I got a little onions. You should see them. Anyway, what... tell me about your shirt. What is that? The blackguards.
3: Uh, I don't know. It's a band. I did an interview online and they sent me a shirt and uh, I like the colors of the shirt, the, the skull thing, you know, but I like the red kind of blood red thing going on. Well, I think you're wearing. I'm for, running out of shirts. I was going to say, I think that's why I'm trying to get the blazer, you know, I think.
2: Uh, yes, I don't know. got to be a certain kind of guy. I think that's why you're wearing that shirt for two reasons. First of all, it's a cool shirt. Second of all, it's clean. So, you know, it's not in that pile. Yeah. In the <laughs>
3: Pretty clean. Relatively. <laughs> uh, speaking of clean but they speak they sent me a coffee mug which I love. It's one of these sh- nice shaped coffee mugs, so every morning.
2: Oh really? So you use the Blackguard coffee, coffee mug, mug every morning?
3: Black. It's a kind of an Irish rock band, so
2: I'm gonna look it up. That's I'm gonna look cool. it up. Hey, you know what? I gotta bring this our, our 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 guy, our our brother, because uh I just love his look. Or lately, I don't know. It's so fatherly, you know what I'm saying? He's got this fatherly look. You know,
3: everybody. I think it's because you're into white, dude. you white This is an jacket. off-white.
2: This is like a beige. Got so white hair. White-haired. I know that's what it is. I got it too. Hey, let's bring him to. Let's bring him to the screen from Vanilla Fudge, uh, Jeff Beck, Rod Stewart, and so many other things from Drum Wars, of course, and from Artists on Lockdown. Karma. <laughs> Here it is. Here's Karma to peace with his new look and his hat. I need a drum roll. But there he is. I was saying, I no, you know what? No, lose the hip for a second. Hey, right, dude. Because look at this guy. He looks good. He's got this, you got that's this crazy, real, like, yeah. you know, this, you're like. A, got hair. Well, God bless him for that. But you got that real, like, rock and roll Engelbert Humperdinck look. So I don't know how that's. <laughs> I do, I do. I do. I got to say. What's,
4: with that, this is what's my, with that this shirt? What's with that shirt? This is my, this is a heavy metal shirt, Vinny. has got all crosses on it.
2: Look at that. Really? Sparkly?
4: Yeah, yeah, look. Okay.
2: So they make those for all, men too, right? Cro-
4: they're all crosses, they're all crosses. Mm. I want that for you, Vinny. I wouldn't wear a blockage shirt. blockage you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to get I shirt. Sh- I got shirts from people that I did sessions to.
3: But Aunt Esty uh, called. She wants her top
2: back. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Esty? You have an Aunt Esty? Aunt Esty. Uh, that's, a, that's Nah.
3: There wasn't Aunt Esty. She's resting in peace for yeah. a long time. But I, I that
2: yeah. just brought. Yeah, her I just up. got
3: yeah, a should, Aunt Aunt, should
4: have said Aunt Joyce
3: and joyce yeah well, and she est sure.
2: in peace yeah. hey let's uh i
4: i wore this specifically so Vinny can bust my balls
2: well he's got none left because and i did he... but i
4: think ron i think you look really good
2: i don't know man i'm going down this road i mean i got i was going to use some like i got some major major jackets coming for you vin that i think it's really going to it, it may, I, think, I have a couple too. I think myself. it's going to literally arouse you, Vincenzo. I'm going to
4: wear them on 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 a party on the first. Yes,
2: but you look you look like a real fricked Brooklyn guy, man.
4: I'm like Who? I'm ready to be. In, yeah, I'm look, ready to be with the hat. in the Sopranos movie not, or the next Quentin Tarantino. Movie.
3: Not with that shirt. Yeah, on. that's true. <laughs> when you get your ass kicked walking around
2: <laughs> Shiny like that. <laughs> That's oh, right. Forget about it's it. It's hard to be tough wearing Aunt Estee's blazer, jacket, shirt. I, I, <laughs> I told. I
4: told, I, told, I knew. It. <clears throat> I wore this just for Vinny the Buzz balls.
2: Well,
3: that's because I fixed his computer yesterday. Oh he was yeah, a man. Fucking, Oh my god. He was having a shit fit.
4: I was. Called right, me three times. I'm right, three I'm, I'm, right in my the of stuff. I'm right in the middle of stuff. I, I can't. Uh, I can't fix it.
2: But well, you know what? It's good. Uh, and it was user error. User error. Isn't era it right nice now. to have a little brother you can count on, huh? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I got to call him 15 times to get him to call me
2: back. All right. All right. Do so I got to separate every, every you Every five minutes. Look, we could talk about your little brotherly freaking issues right now, or. All right, come on. Or <clears throat> we could get to some amazing guests that we have tonight. <laughs> let's do the guests. Let's bring the amazing let's guests. Let's bring the amazing guests. I tell you what, I, I don't know. Every week we're just freaking the, the people that we have on this show is just tremendous. And tonight is no different. We're going to start out, you know, this guy from MTV, you know, him from VH1, you know, him from so many, uh, I was actually reading about in Rolling Stone magazine uh, recently. Let's bring the DJ VJ extraordinaire, Mr. Matt Benfield. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey what's goes. going hey, on, Matt. guys? Good How doing. are All you? Right,
1: bro? Hey, great to see you guys. Carmine, good to see you yeah, again, man. Yeah. It was great to just hang out with you in L.A. recently. And Vinny, yeah, good to see yeah. you, buddy. You too, How man. Are you, How you man? doing?
3: Good. I'm doing great,
1: man. Good. Well, yeah, it's great to see you again, too. You know, I was just thinking about the first time I saw you live with Derringer, man. Oh. In like the 77, Holy 78 shit. when I, knew, uh, New York Palladium, and uh, wow. it's been, uh, it's, yeah, it's been, I just, you know, I had these long talk, with, as soon as I found Carmine, of course I was right there at his ear, because I love, you know, I've been a fan for so long, and a big record for me as a kid, you know, was the Beck Bogart of Peace album. Yeah. You know, I heard it on any WFM when I was a kid, I heard, why should I care, and I went, I'm going to go out and buy that, when I was like 11 That's years right. old. I mowed a lawn and delivered papers oh, to buy it, and I bought that if you record. Call me; I would and, have you uh, a
4: copy.
1: I know. I wish I would have known your number. I probably, it, it probably, I would have looked it up, but I don't think you. Who's this kid calling? If you would, would have
4: looked it up, you would have got my mother and father. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's they, amazing, they did right? Phone it, calls at the house, and you know, and Vinny, you know, besides the Derriger stuff, I, you know, I love you. And Holy Diver, uh, Mug Rules, all of things, just killer. Thank you. So it's great to hang with the brothers. Thank you. And you know, I want to say too, Ron, and I've I've said this to Carmine before, but it's and I just had this conversation here in this studio, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But my favorite cover of all time, my favorite cover song ever is the vanilla fudge you keep me hanging on i think it's the greatest oh, yeah. cover ever recorded and there, and i've said this forever i said any uh, the fact that uh, less, almost less than a year to the release of the original supremes version you guys put that out deconstructed that song it's still as powerful today as it was when i got that record when i was a six-year-old kid <laughs> i bought that 45 on Atco, I actually made a T-shirt wow. out of it, and I should have worn oh, it today. I didn't think of. Out... I have a T-shirt that is the label of the oh, single yes. that says Atco. Wow. You keep me hanging on the vanilla fudge wow. right there, and I. Because I think it's one of the greatest recordings but, of all time. Hey, Matt, I mean, I just never Matt, let's up. You know,
2: to Just, just to you add know. on to that, because he gets a little shy here, but to add on that whole greatest recording of all time, something that I learned on this show, and we, we've referenced it a couple times, not only is it one of the greatest, if not the greatest recording of all time, it was done in seven minutes for one take. One take
1: mono. With, with no with
2: no uh, monitors.
1: Live. It was live. It was live. Which unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, you're you, the way you're playing like a train, man. You're just like that feeling, the stop and start, everything. Mark Stein's yeah. voice, just it's yeah. so yeah. good, Tim. But we're we're I mixing mean, now. We're it, mixing it,
4: it, "Stop in the Name of Love," uh, with yeah. Tim on it, and Tim passed away. And and that we're going to try and get it out in the month. You should, yes because both of them had <laughs> had hanging on in their their movies, you know.
1: And I love the fact that Quentin went at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I was so excited it was yep. on there. And he did his own edit of it, which he credits himself because yeah. when he he yeah. took the album version and a single version, and he kind of like put it, put did a hybrid, together. so it worked for the time. And yeah. it was, but it was so perfect for the end of that movie, and it's still one, of, honestly, one of my favorite recordings of yeah. all time. I, well, I, I tell everyone that, and it's, it's like... funny. My my older brother,
4: <laughs> it was his birthday a couple of days ago, and he called me yesterday, and he said, "Oh man." I saw this movie, Quentin Tarantino's movie, and Vanilla <laughs> Fudge was in it. Did you know that? I, I, <laughs> yeah, what is with right?
3: Carmine knows all when it comes to that. When it comes yeah. to
4: that. I work Where, with Tim Where's, his the, office. Check? where's work, the check? Where's the check? I work with his office putting, putting the, uh, the mix together and all that.
1: Oh, that's cool that you did that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love that. So I, you two guys and Germans And by the way, I'm in a studio right now. I am in Fisher, Texas. It's an hour outside of Austin. And the board behind me is the actual Neve board from from Graceland, the one that Elvis was wow. here for no Elvis Presley. And they would sometimes oh, I ship thought, it around. I
4: thought it was a green screen behind me. <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> no, it's real. It's actually that. Wow. There's wow. also James Brown's microphone that he used for Papa's Got what, a Brand New what, Bag is here and Carol King. What are you King- doing? What are you doing there? I'm out here working on a project. So I'm like I'm here for a few days and it's really nice. It's in Hill Country nice. and um uh, the guy, a guy who from Austin, who had you know been in, a major original Fender dealer, who had given, who had got George Jones and people like that their first ever Fender guitars, uh, actually got a lot of the equipment here. So he bought Carol King's piano she used on Tapestry. Her piano yeah, is here in the other room. Wow. He bought it in '73 from A and M Studios where she recorded. <clears throat> tapestry. I saw you so, tweet that picture? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And this place oh. is incredible. I'm just hanging out here, doing some work. There's four golden retrievers running around. They're great dogs. It's just a cool, I super, super cool vibe. But, you know, I love the music history stuff, you know? And so, absolutely. So being yeah, on absolutely. here with you guys, with, with right Carmine, and Vinny. You're on the oh, right yeah. show. Yeah. And I got to also tell you that the guy who, like, got me set up in here today, who's a drummer, said Realistic Rock, the book. He loved that, that book. Carmine was like, he said it, it was the thing that got him really like, that's what he that's got what him made Vinny good
4: too. Yeah.
3: Actually, I didn't go through that book. <laughs> yeah. <Liar>. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I went through stick control, syncopation, old Dick's book, our teacher Dick. Yeah. And then he put, but I heard him on record, so I copped all his stuff on record. <laughs> you know, it was you know it was it's a piece of cake.
4: Speaking of copying stuff and everything, great drumming. Let's bring the next guest. Yeah, in. Oh boy. Well,
2: you, you know what? I don't know what's he got to do with copying things, though. But you know, we'll find out. You know him from Sticks, of course. Uh, but just a great guy. He's got some great stories. I can't yeah. wait because I've got a personal, personal thing with this guy. I can't wait to bring to uh, the show. Let's bring him, Todd Zuckerman from Sticks. Yeah. Hi, Todd. Hey.
1: God. All right, gentlemen. Man. How are you? Todd.
0: Good to see hey, you, brother. Thank you. Likewise, thank you for having me today. Regards and respects to you all. Yeah, man. Is that a real? Is that real drums behind you? Is that your That's
2: house? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean
3: uh, on the wall, on the wall.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. I,
0: I, I I could go and hit them, but I'm I'm uh, I, I was born with more cord than this, actually. Um,
4: <laughs> Mark, but yes. Mark Shulman told me to to say to to Todd, can I borrow a snare drum?
0: No,
3: he never no, misses. He doesn't it.
4: have one. As <laughs> long I get it back. Oh my god.
2: Well, you know these guys have drum wars. You've got drum porn because look at behind. <laughs> you. I mean, really. And you know what's kind of like one of the sexiest thing about that is your racks. Is those shelves? Are those customers? Oh, thank you. I mean, um, you got a nice rack there, buddy.
0: <laughs> well, the, the sort of, I, I don't know how interesting this is, but the, the original racks over here were actually lack shelving from Ikea that I got when I lived in Los Angeles okay. easily uh, 20 years ago. And those are long discontinued. And so I had to have a carpenter um, make them, you know, replicate them at a much greater expense than what oh, yeah. Ikea bad.
4: was. Oh, yeah. Bad. So Very
2: cool. Uh, but yeah, had had to keep it symmetrical.
4: That's cool. My my Very snare brilliant. drums are under a table, a coffee table. And-
2: That's the thing. We've had yeah. so many drummers on the show, obviously, and they all have them either in forest uh, piles or or here and there. I mean, that is the most organized. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's almost like an exhibit. Yeah. Like-
0: well, I, mean, I, I I know you guys remember like Frank's Drum Shop and, yeah. and Drums Limited yeah. in Chicago, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up in Chicago, and, you know, my father would take me down there. And there, there were two competing drum shops that were just a couple doors down from each other. And, you know, you'd, you'd go there, and there'd be, like, the little old guy with, like, the Bellman hat, in hat you know, yeah. uh, like right out of a David Lynch movie, you know, the little guy that would run the <laughs> elevator. And you'd get in the elevator, go up to the fourth floor, and the, the elevator doors would open. And it was like the yeah. Willy Wonka, you know, yeah. you'd walk in. <laughs> Right. So, I, I, if I, if I were to psychoanalyze myself, I think I kind of wanted to create that that vibe, that childhood wonderment vibe, every time I walk in here.
2: So, so here's the thing. First of all, I, I love. I, I'm a huge fan of Todd, and he's a he's a Chicago guy, so you gotta love that. You know, we share that in, in common. Of course, and so many people that watch this show. But if you're from Chicago and you're old, I'll say, um, you know about something that was huge from the 1930s to, I don't know you have to correct me uh, Todd about 1960s but there was a joint there was a joint you know where I'm going here Todd there was a joint Thank called you. the Chez Paris and that was the place that was the club that's where after all the big shows Sinatra Dean Martin Sammy Davis Louis Prima everybody hung at Gene it was Krupa. amazing Gene Krupa all of them and uh, a, a guy by the name of Jay Schatz uh, uh, owned it, uh, um, not originally, but uh, in the 40s. I got to know him and his daughter. And uh, it's an amazing, amazing place. It's not around anymore, but with amazing history. And Todd's dad was the house drummer for this place. Wow! Oh. 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 He, he, he was one of
0: the house guys for 18 years wow. yeah, and played with everybody. He did a gig on Krupa's drums when when, uh, wow. when uh, Krupa, like, he let him use his drums. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he was a doctor. He was a podiatrist by day and he gigged at night and he wow. had offers to go on the road, but he could never go for more than like a couple of weeks. He was Lena Horne's drummer for a while in the forties wow. and maybe early fifties. Uh, and he did some stuff like that. But yeah, you know, do you remember then in the nineties, the location where the shape pre was six ten yep. North Fairbanks, Fairbanks, that was a place called River North recording studio. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, As I was coming up the ranks in Chicago, that was one of the big studios. So it was a a buzz for me to think, this is where the Chez was, and now I'm working here, (laughs) you know, Uh decades and decades later. Uh, So, yeah, it's really crazy.
4: Well, that explains why your father took you to a drum shop. Because my father never took me to a drum shop.
0: (laughs)
3: Right, Oh, No.
0: That's
4: great. No, it was my my dad. dad...
3: Sam Ash. We went to Sam Ash. Right. That was it. Brooklyn
0: but my, my father's office was downtown and it was like three blocks from the drum shops ah. so on Wednesdays and Saturdays he worked half days I'd go down there and just you know be a kid hang out at his office and then all right let's go boom and we go hit hit both places and you know I just walk around with my wide eyes my mouth so just open another question
4: uh, all the drums in the back that are piled up are they all the same brand
0: uh, this, this is the, the Sonar Forest, and then over there is the Pearl Forest. Oh. <laughs> I've got my father's Slingerland kit. You really can't see it. It's over there, which is uh, with an 18-inch bass drum. Wow. Uh, and then I've got the, uh, the Cantaloupe Monstrosity over here, a 1978 uh, premier uh style concert time, wow. uh, 6 through 16. That, so
2: that it's is three so organized. a three really different vibe. It, it, I know. It's it, incredible. It, and that's, it, that's where it, I, I mean, was do you going. Have, do you have
4: room to move around?
0: Oh, yeah. I, again, I'm sort of tethered to this. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's a pathway that way and this way over to the, <laughs> the studio area.
4: Yeah, because my, my place in, in the guest house, I got what used to be the living room. The drums are in there with the computer. And I got a coffee table I used to have from Brooklyn. I got the speakers on there <laughs> and all that. Underneath that, I got snare drums, you know. But walking out, it's like, a you know, it's like an obstacle course, you know
2: no and, yeah I'm, and, I'm and, and and make- the
4: room mics are in here see the room mics are here see the, uh-huh. the drums are in there and and the room mics are here in the living room
2: would <laughs> you ever hire yourself outside to be a, like a interior decorator and help like you know drummers uh you know wayward <laughs> drum drum drummers drum. organize themselves
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean that's the thing i mean like playing the drums we all have our own styles everyone has their own way they want to set up their space whether there's thought Put to it, or it's just stuffs everywhere. Uh, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. If they'd have to buy all this stuff, and that, and then I could set it up just like this. I
4: mean, I it's have a locker, I have a locker in LA that's probably as big as your room, filled up with junk, with drums. I mean, it's just filled, but it's nowhere organized like that. <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> yeah. that's cool. but, but do you guys have like a backlog of old kits and touring kits? Do you, do you still have a lot of the, yeah. the stuff in the yeah. open? Yeah,
4: call might ask more. I have, a, I have a Slingeland um, <clears throat> Purple Leopard Radio King kit that Slingerland made in 2004 before they closed. It's got four bass drums, right, 22s, 24s. It's got 10, 12, 13, 16, 18, and a 20, 20, 20 by 20 wow. Gene Krupa kind uh, of wow. floor tom, right? and it's you know, hand-painted. You open up the case, you can still smell the paint. I never even played the drums because it's so beautiful. And I said, Well, how much is something like this <clears> worth? And he said, As much as somebody wants to pay for it. Yeah, right. I said, It's the only one in the world. Wow, you know? well, don't sell that, brother. Got don't bad. sell that. I got that. a couple of Mapex, I got uh, a D drum, mm-hmm. I've got just old couple of old snare drums. I have a, I have a 1924, <clears throat> I'm sure you have a 1924 Ludwig Black Beauty.
0: That's one thing I don't have. I never, wow. I never splurged oh, on the old Black Beauty. I, I got a, a 1937 Leedy Broadway. It's a beautiful drum, but uh, I mean, I have a bunch of Black Beauties, but they're they're modern day. And you know, John Aldridge yeah. engraved one of them. I, um, I bought but... mine
4: in a pawn shop. That's P-A-W-N. Yeah. <laughs> it was five dollars. I paid five dollars bucks. And in 1968, I couldn't get the cat guts, so I put a 1968. Uh, Snare system on there. Oops. And uh, they say I, <laughs> I kills I the value some of the value, but because it's mine it. and mine's a 15 inch.
0: But you but you could play it. Oh, I, I, I was always freaked it. out at like, the That's cat got stuff. I'm like, uh, it's, yeah. I'm just buying a a, a piece of art yeah. or a a, a, yeah. a a vase or something, you know.
4: Yeah. I play it. it be, sounds really great. great the
3: great best great. thing I got. All the drums are in the garage. Some drums in here. I got John Bonham's drumstick hanging on the wall.
2: That's cool. Where did you
3: get that, Vinny? I was in Spain in the 80s, and some girl came up and said, hey, you want this? And I look, it says (laughs) John Bonham. I went, yeah. And I kept it in my sock drawer for 40 years or something. And finally, uh, I verified it with uh, uh, Hard Rock Cafe. They had one of his sticks hanging on the wall. And I look at it, it's the same exact stick. It just says John Bonham in script. There's no name of the stick on it. And he he played with the tip, you know, and uh, and then I asked Jason when I saw Jason Bonham, I described the stick and he said, yeah, that's a stick. So then I got it mounted and put it on the wall finally before I lose it. You know, the
2: holy grail, the holy grail. Hey, Matt, you know what? Uh, I I was touching on this uh, prior to the show. You know, uh, we all are. I know I am a huge fan of yours following you on your journey. It's been, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a rocky road. A great career, but a little bit of a rocky road. And uh, you know, you, you came back strong, brother. Real proud of you. How are you feeling these days?
1: Oh, I feel great. You know, I'm sober. I just, re- I passed. The- Last Saturday was a year sober. You know, God bless you. Oh, God. So I'm good. Doing good, for good you, man. man. You know, good. just uh, feeling really good, guys. And you know, I mean, most important thing to me, obviously, is uh, is music and my kids. You know, my family. Yep. And I, and I just, you know, so I mean, I'm completely feeling great. You know better than ever. You know, you guys know I got hit by a car two and a half years ago. You may or may yeah, not know, but that yeah, happened. an accident. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, didn't know. Carmine, I was literally crossing the street in Hollywood. I was sober actually while I was crossing the street. A woman ran a red light, forty miles an hour.
2: Mm. I tried to jump
1: out of the way, snapped my leg in half, compound fracture. Oh, head went through her windshield. Oh, she my. hit the brakes. I went in like a bullet, and it tore oh, my head God. open and tore my ear off. And then I just literally like f- flew out. And about 15 feet landed on my back and my head and oh miraculously wasn't paralyzed, you know. Wow. Um, but I learned how to cool. walk again, you know, um, and, uh, I, you know, I was on a walker for a long time. Still going go to, go. to rock shows. Still going to rock shows. And also, <laughs> I hope, and you, I had got good, cane. hope Nothing you got a stopped good you.
4: lawsuit on that one. Oh You know,
1: my God. I, I, I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't because uh, wow. the person had really bad insurance and they didn't really have anything and I, you know, oh we did an asset God, search. That's and, horrible. So, I mean I I could barely make my hospital bills. But you know, I here's how I look at it in a positive light. I try to put a positive spin on it. And that is I could have been one of those people that got a lot of money but like no longer could use my legs or speak or yeah, right. have right, right? my face smashed up. So I got to look at the bright side that I'm grateful yeah. I can still do my radio shows, man. I can go see, you know, see music. I mean, I I I've got full use of my legs. Wow. Just a metal rod in there, but I, you know, I'm hiking at Griffith Park. I'm all over the place. Well, so, kind yeah. of rod.
4: Rods do it.
1: Speaking of guys, I mean, it's it's amazing. I just love that I'm with the with the two brothers. And Todd, it's it's great to meet you too. Yeah. I know that. Like you're not far away, man. How 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 far out of Austin are you I, in? All right, I'm in I'm in Fisher, so I'm in Hill Country. I'm like literally, you know. Um, It's like in that area of Fisher, so it's 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 Studios by Fisher is is this place, and like I said, they bought. Right behind me is Elvis Presley's the board, the knee board from Elvis Presley's Graceland. That was they would disassemble in three pieces and send it on the road, but it was it ended up there. The Carol King pianos in the next room, and and uh, and a bunch of other really cool stuff that's here. And I just uh, so I'm out here working on a project, and it's just really nice to be out. Because I'm usually That's in LA, right. you know what I mean. And, uh, for now, yeah. but but I'm an because East- uh, I'm I'm west of Austin
0: in Bee Cave, and I, I fell in love with the, the hill country out here. It's just the beginning of the hill country before
1: it really gets you know further uh, further out west. But uh, you know it's beautiful, isn't it? It's gorgeous. You know, I think I'm a little closer to San Antonio, which you know I, I haven't been near there in years, but it's really nice. And you know, I, like I said, I love Austin, and Te- I think it's Texas great. Is I- cool, Texas. Yeah. is
4: great. There's and a lot of lot of great places in Texas
1: a lot of great music history, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just love, I mean, I still have not going to Lubbock, Texas, because I want to go to Buddy Holly's birthplace. Right. Right. Or Clovis, New Mexico, where Norman Petty's studio was, where they, he would cross the border and record. I mean, there's so much history, man. I love yeah. all of that, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's
2: the thing. That's yeah. what the show is all about, about the history. Um, mm. You know, Todd, obviously, uh, you know this, in, in July coming up, it'll be the 25th anniversary of the loss of uh Of uh, original sticks drummer john panazzo and um and also when you know you took over for him uh as a friend of the band at the time um it's going to be a very special time in july uh when when we hit that that mark um you you know you came into the band when john wasn't wasn't well and Correct. um yeah and you were you were just trying to you know you' trying to make things happen and then they asked you to to join full time <clears throat> when he passed. When that happened, I mean, what was going through your head about, you know, you, you can't really plan or try on filling shoes, that kind of thing, but that's a huge freaking responsibility, man. I mean, what was going through your heart, mind, and soul when that was, going, when that was happening?
0: Well, I mean, I, I remember that, that week we were in New York for a week. We had um, a couple of shows, and we were doing some TV shows out there as well. And, you know, I, I had all the records – when i was growing up so i knew the material i was in bands that played the song so when they asked me to do the summer tour i was not intimidated um musically but uh from all accounts from everyone that i heard and and friends of the band and their families john panazzo was the funniest guy Mm -hmm. they'd ever met so he was (laughs) a big personality you know maybe how kenny jones felt replacing keith moon sure there's a giant personality that's no longer there and he's dead so that makes it even, you know, kind of weirder. And in my case, the bass player was his literal, his twin brother. His brother, yep. Wow. So, you know, I had to, you know, kind of gauge the landscape, you know, and, and, and sort of see how things felt personally as right. opposed to, you know, just mu- musically because uh, I was a constant reminder that one of us isn't here anytime they turned around and, and mm-hmm. Chuck's, case his brother so when he, he he died it was it was unexpected but um looking back it was expected because he was really in yeah. in critical shape but he, he passed away we all met in chuck's room um we talked about you know canceling a show and when there was going to be a service when we'd fly in and do that blah 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 and i i made myself very scarce i i went out with one of my best friends who lived in new york you know went to went out to eat went to a couple bars and when I came back to the hotel, I walked in and I mean, this is a moment I'll, I'll never forget. I heard JY's laugh, James Young laughing in the bar and the ho the hotel elevators were, were to my left and the bar was to the right. And I could hear the other guys in there. And I thought, if I walk in there,
4: mm-hmm.
0: am I going to be a reminder that their friend yeah. and brother just died? Will I get a murky reception? Should I just sort of, you know, piss off and go to the hotel or go, go to my room. And, you know, that that would have been the easy choice, but I I decided right there, no, I'm going to go in, I'm going to say hi. And when I walked in there, it was immediately like, Oh, Todd, Hey, Hey. And, you know, they pulled up a chair and I sat with them and I listened to them tell John stories. You know, they'd laugh and they'd cry and they'd laugh and they'd cry. And I think that was sort of the moment that, you know, I literally had a seat at the table Mm. from that point on. And come to think of it, they've never really told me I have the job. I've just been kind of hanging around for twenty-five years now. It is your 25th hey, hey, I have a question. When you got the gig,
4: uh, did you have a, a, a lot of drums at that point in your life?
0: Yeah, not not this, but I, I did. I, I had several kits. And I probably had I probably had twenty snare drums. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So how did you pick what you were going to take on the tour?
0: Um, well, I, I was a I was a sonar guy back then. Um, and I had I just purchased the year before a designer series kit, which was like the top of the line at, at that time. So I thought, well, I, I have this. And that's, that's what I used. I didn't do the whole, you know, calling them up and then trying to, to, to you know, f- finagle some sort of thing. Right. I love these drums. I'm, this, this is my instrument right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use these. Right. So it was a very simple decision at, at that point. Hmm. Not a great story, but it was a simple decision. What, what are you playing now?
4: What, what brand are you playing now?
0: Uh, I've been with Pearl for uh, uh, twenty years, uh, yeah. twenty-one years now. Um, so this is a Masterworks yeah. kit in uh, black limba, um, maple gum with a uh, twenty-four karat gold hardware and a wow. gold rack. I don't know if you can really see, like even the clutch is gold. Yeah, wow.
4: gold. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
0: So, yeah, that, that, this, this has been the kit that just stays here. It doesn't go
4: yeah.
0: anywhere. It's been, and this rack has been here, gee, since 2000. Actually, 2010.
4: I, had, I, had, I had Pearl for a while, and my Pearl were gold hardware. It, uh, well, it was actually brass hardware. It had black bass drums with uh, red lacquer tom-toms, you know, and then uh, I had to reverse. I had red bass drums with black lacquer toms, with all brass hardware. Yeah, they look really good. Pearl made, That's gorgeous pretty, pretty stuff.
3: Good drums. Yeah. Hey, Todd, what kind but- of video uh, switch you got there with all those cameras? This is,
0: this is a, a Blackmagic Design Black- ATEM yeah. Mini. Oh, okay.
2: There's, there's the foot cam. Look at that. Yeah, and we're just we're just trying to get Carmine not to have his phone ring during the show. And look what you got. <laughs> I'm looking that up now. <laughs> and look at you guys! Have. Oh my God! You know, each week yeah. uh, we do. What a, kind a- of,
3: wait a minute, wait! What kind of cameras are those? Are they all the same
0: cameras too? Those GoPros? These? Yeah, yeah. These are uh, GoPro uh, Hero Seven
1: yeah. Black.
2: Yeah. Okay. I mean, have you, you been- spared no
1: expense there, man. Hey, Todd, have you been like just doing uh, some? Lock down remotes from there and doing back and forth, because I know you guys have a new album yeah. coming out. you guys have a new album coming out, right yeah, we, we do. We just
0: announced it last week, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean you know when I built this place, I just wanted a soundproof place where I could go, and then, out of necessity, it became a recording studio, and then, with the pandemic, it became a film studio. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. I wonder what it'll become next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, great. so yeah so so i got all this stuff and it uh, you know when the pandemic hit i'm not an engineer i don't know how to run any of this stuff i i don't have the interest in learning it. spending untold hours troubleshooting <laughs> electronics because i see people who know how to run the stuff how much crap they got to fix and that's you know if you remember the beginning of sctv with the tv sets going out the window yep. yeah. that would be me trying to figure this stuff out yeah um it would so, be a great
2: bar.
0: I mean, <laughs> it really, would. Would, it would it would end up being that? Uh, except there's no restroom out here. You everyone oh, have to go in right. the house. Um, but uh, yeah. there's there's a, a a program called Audio Movers Listen To, and that uh, is on the main setup over there. And any engineer anywhere in the world can run the rig, and then other people can get a, a invite link, a, a private invite link and they can listen in their studios in, in full res, uh, uh, audio. So I've been doing records like that where, you know, Hey, can you play something in, different in the, going into the second chorus? Sure. Punch me and JR, my engineer who's at, at his house and boom. And so we did the new sticks record here like that. I did 17 songs in three days.
2: Wow. Problem free. Fabulous, man. What a, what a gorgeous what a setup. Amazing. Um, so you know, so each week we do, you. uh, not me.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. He just right. said not him. Yeah. No, no, Jr. J, you know, because you know, this was last June. So he masked up. Wow. I open up, come on in, put that stuff in there, make it work, and get the hell out of here.
4: So which one of the Black Magic's one? I got him online now. Which one is yours? The Mini. <laughs> the Mini?
0: Eight-time Mini, yeah.
4: Black Magic, A-T, A-T-E-M, Mini? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the one. Cool.
2: Order, order half a dozen.
4: Yeah, did you do that Dom Flammellaro uh, video thing yet? I, I actually did. Yeah, I just did mine yesterday. It took me four and a half hours. of uh, engin- I was the engineer. I was the video guy, and I played. It was okay. A Forget about it. Night Forget I'm about really, it. i am actually got I, Nico McBrain's coming over here on Monday to, Nico. to do his, and I'm going to engineer and video him. Good luck Please on tell that. Hello.
3: Yeah. Good luck on that. Yeah,
4: I know. Good luck on when, that one. When, when video's
3: involved, man, oh, it's, it's a, a whole a other story.
4: Nightmare.
3: Except and for Todd. He's set up. But
0: that's what everyone wants now. Everyone, hey, can you do drum tracks? And I'm like, hey, can you fill, film it? And I'm like, so i got to shower now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right. <laughs> right. Yeah, i got to do your hair exactly. now. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, can, well, I can't Vinny's wear my jammy pants. can send
2: you. Use a Vinny hat. He's I
4: mean, I have, my, I
2: have right. my underwear on now, but nobody can see below, below here. You know? Me too. <laughs> well, on those visuals, on those visuals. Hey, Ron, everybody what are you wearing sure? under that jacket? I bet you'd like to know, bro, right? I bet you'd like <laughs> to know. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Hanging and Banging right here on Artists on Lockdown. All right. Very good. Every Thursday, I on Lockdown, Hanging a Banging, just like tonight with these guys. We got Matt Pinfield, Todd Zuckerman with us tonight. And you guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is just so much fun. Hey, I like that you.
3: little leg twist you did there. I was kind of <laughs> very happy of, you know, very happy. You know, it's I thought something... he
4: made a good host. It was like a really good high-energy commercial. Come I on. Concerned. I mean, so you yeah, got to see
2: what we're comparing these.
1: Uh,
4: that see, commercial, to guys. With these Matt, guys above. This is this is Ron's first commercial, so we're critiquing yeah, Give it a it, shot on, on the air. He did,
1: did a good job, Ron. It reminded me of some of the I'm sure some of the commercials that Vinny and Carmine and I saw you know, uh, growing up, coming up in the years on New York TV, right? Exactly, right. New York TV. In, in, you know, PIX or uh, AW yeah, 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 five uh, five nine and eleven, right? I mean, yeah, those you know. Yeah. Matt,
2: you, you've obviously done so many interviews, so many shows, talked to so many people. But I really, I've got some I, just questions I want to know all about in 2005 when you brought the Rolling Stones together in the same room. First time, I don't know, was it like in 30 years or something?
1: Yeah, it was about 33 years, I guess, or something to that effect where they had all been in the same room during an interview. And then since then, they haven't done it either, which was a pretty amazing thing. It was a, I consider myself very lucky and blessed to have done it. Um, it was, you know, around the time of the album, A Bigger Bang. And when Charlie Watts, guys, you, we've got three drummers on here. When Charlie got the throat cancer, the guys got a little, they started to talk, think about their mortality, you know. And so what they had done for the first time in years, when they made that album, A Bigger Bang, was they actually made the record together. Because, you know, for all those 80s albums and the early, like in, in 90s albums after Tattoo You, were you know they were never in the same place together almost almost never or at least not all of them maybe if it, it two at the most if you were lucky everything was done remotely kind of like everybody's been doing things since the lockdown right you know yeah right but uh so they were putting out a new album and uh, i had just done a like an event like a, i did i've done many album specials over the years you know when people put on an album and the radio will carry it rock radio will carry it and uh I just done with with you two for the how to dismantle an atomic bomb one at Sony Studios, and Jagger watched it and he saw or, or, or he listened to it. I'm sorry, but uh, but he listened to it. And when they were looking for somebody to do it, he said, "Let's let's get that guy Matt Pinfield." So I was very blessed. I was lucky, and uh, they walked in guys like two minutes before airtime. It was like uh, the studios premiere has. <laughs> And now, I guess, iHeart owns on top of Radio City Music Hall. And I'm sitting there. Luckily, I taped the intro already, right? And I'm standing there. And literally, I'm like, where, where are these guys? And all, like, the main clear channel dudes are in the other window. And then, <laughs> sure enough, first guy in is Ronnie. Ronnie Wood comes in and sits down right over here. And he had just gotten out of rehab at that point, okay? Next was Keith. Keith came in, and he was drinking Grey Goose and Fanta orange soda. That was his drink. And I was like, Keith, where's the Jack and Cokes? What's going on? And he was real so, man here. Yeah, like, you know, so I asked. Anyway, and then, and then, of course, next, Mick came in and then Charlie. And the four of them sat down in like a semicircle around me on the other side of the table. I was where the controls and the computer was. And um, and I sat there and I did a two-hour live interview with the Stones that was being broadcast man. all over the United wow. States. Wow. And, and I will tell you something, guys, you'll appreciate because... You know, some people would think, oh, they're going to be jaded. Oh, they're not going to to talk about anything. Oh, they've seen it all. They were so having so much fun. They were so enthusiastic. I mean, everybody's personality is exactly what you would think. I mean, Keith was joking around, having a great time. Mick was the consummate gentleman bringing it back around during the interview. Charlie, I was told, this is a great story. I was told by their press guy, this guy named uh, Peter King or John King, who had been with them literally since the London record days. I think he was with them like all the way since like Aftermath or something. And uh, he said to me, he goes, Matt, I want to tell you something. When you go to ask Charlie a question, count to three, slowly. If he doesn't answer, turn and go to one of the other guys. So I asked Charlie Watts a question, right? So I go like this. I'm like, I ask a question. and I'm counting in my mind. one. Too. and sure enough he jumps right in at three so i never had to do it he got there quick enough but i guess in some past interviews they were a little uh, concerned but the best part about it guys that you'll appreciate as stones fans right is that when we were off like when we were playing the album because it was all live you know it wasn't taped and then cut together this was being done live for two hours being broadcast around the u.s and new zealand and japan at the same time um i was talking to them about like you know i don't know like B-sides of like Child of of Jumpin' Jack Flash, Child of the Moon. Talking about when they played the the Capitol Theater in Passaic for the Some Girls Tour. They opened a, did a small show there in 1978. And just like asking them all kinds of questions about different things. And they were literally, not only would they answer my question, but then they would start a conversation between them. So all the Stones, and they were totally, it was like kind of like it got them excited and it was really mm-hmm. great so at the end oh. of the interview you know mick said to me he goes man matt he goes that was a great interview and then keith says he goes matt he goes that was a great interview it was fucking painless <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said it was
1: painless i'll never but, forget it and that's a compliment coming from keith right uh, so and since they have and, and they haven't done it yeah. since I and mean, that's a huge compliment yeah they've only done them separate you know like i've seen them do some uh you know when when they re-released like exile or or uh, some girls or, you know, I mean, I I goat's head, whatever it happens to be, they will do them separately. It's kind of back to just Keith and Mick doing all the interviews separately. So I was, it was really like, you know, I'm honored that I got the opportunity to do that. What a blessing it was. And they were just so cool, you know what I mean? And is is that on YouTube or anything? Uh, The audio uh, is, the audio is, yeah, uh, there's there's some audio clip. Yeah, because at the time there wasn't really video, it was a radio broadcast. so. But there were pictures and stuff like that. I wish, don't you yeah. wish? I wish I had photos I mean, of a lot of, of a lot of things. Oh, what, or video. What, what what year was that, Matt? Like two thousand three or four. I mean, I think about four or five, somewhere like I think that. It was five, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it was around that time. But it was it was incredible uh, to have the opportunity to do that with the Stones. You know, so oh, that's really. I mean, you know, it means a lot to me because look, like, it's like you know when I say when I talk to you guys, everybody on this call, and you know. I've been I've been fans of all of yours for a long time. It's you know one of those things where I love to do band interviews and I love rock and roll and I've loved rock. You know, it's been dri- driving me all my life. So you know, the people that have gotten the interview, I feel very very blessed. You know, like you know Page Plant and, and John Paul Jones or Townsend and Daltrey or you know, I mean, the, there's I've, it's just been an incredible experience for me. You know. Paul and Ringo, never you know. Ringo and I actually are friends, you know, out here. Well, when I'm back in Los Angeles, which is amazing that, you know, to hang with. He's the only Ringo. guy,
4: the only Beatle I never met.
1: Which you Ironically. guys would get along great. Ringo. You guys would get along unbelievably. I know that you know, and I know he knows who you are because I know we've talked about music,
4: oh, yeah, you know, I'll, on a Monday I, night. I did one gr- of his d- the DVD uh, de- dedicated to Ringo a few years ago, and. Uh, he was on the cover and, and he had to approve it all so I know he don't know who Vinny is but he knows who I am.
1: <laughs> hey, can I ask you guys, did you, because you guys were in New York, I got to just ask you, Carmine, Vinny, did you guys ever see the Beatles? Um, uh, you probably play, played, like Vin- you were you were playing at the same time for a while. I, play, I played with John Lennon for a bit. You, and you were on like Walls and Bridges, right? Was that what you did? Around
3: some stuff that fun? time, yeah. And then... Uh, we started with doing hand claps on the whatever gets you through the night, my band. But I was yeah. like six, 16 years old. I was going yeah. to high school. And then uh, we had a room up the record plant to rehearse. He, we were managed by them. And John would come in all the time and sit down, watch us, smoke some joints with them And uh, played pool with them And then uh, he asked us to do a couple of videos. And then he asked us to do a live show at the New York Hilton that was on TV. And we did it and uh and i was still going to high school the next day so it was and really tell him crazy. that story
4: tell them the high school and, story that's and amazing then, and
3: then uh and then um uh, then i found out a couple of years ago that was his last live appearance wow so i would go to school the next day and i'm drumming on the desk you know and all that shit. the teacher's trying to teach and she's going wait a minute wait who's that drumming and she point <laughs> vincent Stop that drumming. <laughs> and I'd stand up and go, hey, excuse me. Did anyone else in this room play with one of the Beatles last night? <laughs> I I that's great. And I got that's off sweet. and left. I left. Oh, that that's was great.
2: great. Yeah. But that, like you know, that, that's the, the cool parts of, of you know, the, the human parts of <laughs> you guys. I mean, you guys are big stars, but you're also fans as well. And, you know, um, uh, I, I go to Todd because, Todd, you know, in, I mean, you guys in L.A. and, and other and Nashville, whatever, there's so many stars, so many big bands. Chicago, we have Chicago. We have uh, Smashing Pumpkins. We don't Earth, Wind, and Fire. We don't have a whole lot. But, you know, Todd, you're growing up in Chicago. You
4: had Gene
2: Krupa. I know, but we didn't have Gene Krupa. My dad <laughs> yeah. had Gene Krupa. <laughs> yeah. But who we had, who we Todd did. and I had, <laughs> we've got to be relatively the same age, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Todd and I had... Sticks, and all of a sudden you're playing for them, Todd. What did did that hit you like? I know we talked about the John connection there, but as a fan of Sticks, and all of a sudden you know you're from Chicago to play with one of Chicago's you know pinnacle bands. How did that make you feel? Uh,
0: you know, it. My first meeting with them was I, I was called for a session to to ghost drum for John. A um, and M was going to put out the definitive Sticks Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. Lady, which is their first hit, was on another record label, and there was something about not getting the sound, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the rights to the original sound recording. So they thought, let's re record it. And that's when John was in ill health. This would have been in March of 95. So it was just a recording session for me, which I was doing uh a lot of uh, in, in those days in chicago i was doing a lot of jingles i was doing like 20 to 30 sessions a month i'm like why the hell do i want to move to la or new york this is you know this was great um but that was just a i went in, i played the song great to meet you guys i saw you guys as a kid i had all your records and goodbye you know and, and you leave like a session guy um but it wasn't until the next year that they asked me you know what are you doing this summer would you be interested in doing this And the gig is still John's predicated on, you know, if if he gets better. So um, there wasn't a lot of time to kind of do the, like, gee, pinch me like thing, because Mm -hmm. there was a task to be completed. There was a job to be done. I had, I knew the music, so I had to play the music and make sure that those guys were comfortable and, and make them be able to do their thing. Um, And it really wasn't until I think, the first time we played Chicago on that, that first oh, tour, sure. were, I realized, you know, like, holy shit, I've got, you know, like 30 people out there and like teachers, mm-hmm. you know, grade school teachers mm-hmm. and friends. And <laughs> that's when it kind of hit me. Uh, and then I immediately had to stop writing that useless wave of emotion and get back. Or I'd screw up the tempo, I'd play the songs too yeah. fast if, if, I, if I dwelled on that type of thing. So the, the, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at swiping away the, the, gee, isn't this great, pinch me moments and getting the job done. And then there'll be time to reflect on, you know, Ain't Life Grand later when I'm yeah. not in the, in the midst of it. Right. You, know, that it was probably, there.
2: you know, I was actually there and I remember it well. The only, the only because I remember like yesterday the tribute that they did to John with his picture up on the video screen, like really, really, like massive, and it was such a, a, an emotional, an emotional show.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, they, they all were after he died. I mean, that's you know, uh, I had never had the experience of um, doing a full-scale tour like that in, until that point, and then having the guy I replaced die in the middle of it. I mean, the whole
1: thing was very, um, surreal. Matt, yeah. Yeah. Matt, did you have, a, yeah. Matt, did you have a question? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. I was just going to say to Todd, you know, it's interesting because that whole thing with that with lady, it's kind of cool that that ended up working out that way that they couldn't get the rights to it. Uh, because it was originally on this indie label called wooden nickel that mm-hmm. RCA distributed. And right, supposedly right. the guy who owned that label was was a dick and he didn't want to, like he, under any circumstances, license it for some kind of whatever. It was hurt feelings. So that worked out great regardless. And that version you guys did on that CD was really good. I mean, it was a great version of it. Incredible. It worked out great for me and bad for
0: him because, because that sold about three million copies that he would have been able had a taste of if he would have said yes. Yeah, but that worked worked out all right for me.
3: Perfect.
0: As you know, Todd, some people cut
2: off their uh, nose to spite their face. Forward to your solo album, holy moly, Todd. Let's let's uh, let's fast forward to your solo album, the last first time. Okay, the, 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 the last, last flight home. Last Flight Home, your Last Flight yeah. Home solo album. It seemed like now, were you doing vocals on that? Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah,
0: it, it, I, the, the person that was surprised the most was myself uh, because uh, my my buddy J.K. Harrison, who is a buddy from the old days, had been hounding me for years. Like, dude, d- d- let's do a record. I want to do a record with you. And I always thought it was cute that he thought that I could do that. Um, but he was tenacious and, uh, and stayed on me. And it just hit me at a, at a, at a time when, um, he'd moved to Los Angeles and I was going to be in Los Angeles for about a week and a half and had some time off in between what I was doing there. And I thought, okay, you pain in the ass, let's get <laughs> together and see, you know, what we come up with. And at the very least, we'll have uh, a bunch of drinks and a bunch of laughs and I, you know, hang out with my pal. And we wrote a couple of songs like that it happened so quickly. I was taken aback. And um, it, it, it started to take form. And, I, and I, I immediately became very frightened at the notion of getting out from behind the safety of the wood and the metal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I thought there was going to be an internet backlash of, you know, hey, Suckerman, what do you think you're a big singing star now? Why don't you <laughs> shut the hell up and get behind the drums where you belong? That was
3: Carmine. Um, that was Carmine. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, but, when I when it, I sang, I just stayed behind the drums. And I, fronted the I fronted the band. I fronted the band when I I sang a lot with BBA. I fronted BBA and and uh, from behind the drums. And I learned a lot actually, but I, I didn't want to be up there. The only I go up there now when me and Vinnie do something. I, I, I carry a snare drum on a on a, on a strap and I play the snares with a pick. <laughs> you know? and it creates a really cool effect. But that's the only time I like to come out, or if I come out and play stick clicking, you know. But uh,
0: but I mean, you you, you get out there you, and sing, sing; it just
4: doesn't feel right.
0: No, but you say, but even even just the act of singing, like you did it mm-hmm. from an, an early age, yeah. and you know, uh, I, whereas I didn't develop the confidence until later. You had that early on, yeah. playing or not, because it's one thing if someone, you know doesn't like your drumming or something but it, when it's when it's your voice yeah,
3: it's personal you
0: yes it, you it's really personal you can't change your
2: voice <laughs> you can't you can't what's yeah, the uh, I, I background all my life uh,
4: i started singing doo-wop when i was a kid and then and then I, I i did like uh all my all the gigs in the clubs you know i sang songs you know we did R and B songs <clears> i sang we had singers i sang some i always sang background it was mm-hmm. always from the kid matter of fact I didn't get a double bass drum kit earlier than when I did get it because I couldn't afford to buy a boom man, a boom stand that I would have needed for the double bass kits for the mic. Because I used to have the mic right here next to me, and if I had a double bass, I couldn't fit the mic in there. So.
2: <laughs> Do you, what was the uh, what was the story behind uh, uh, ad lib everything? One of my favorite uh, cut uh, uh, titles. <laughs>
0: Um, that, that, that was a song that JK Harrison had pretty well completed. Um, and it just had this sort of drunken pirate, uh, <laughs> taking acid at the Moulin Rouge in 1890s sort of vibe to it. And I thought, what?
2: well, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I thought let's, let's, let's do that. It had a couple like, like Bob Dylan and a pirate hat. And then, but with. It was a little Ellis Cooperish in. to me. Yeah. It, it I was charmed by the peculiarity of that that piece of music. That re you know, it doesn't sound like anything except the elements that I just mentioned. Sure. Um, so it, it it people either get it or they don't. But I I I had a blast doing it. And actually, I learned something about uh, when I played drums on that particular song. That was one song in particular. I envisioned, ooh, there's you know uh, one or two moments that I might be able to do a little something yeah. over here, you know? And then when I went to record it and I did it, it screwed up the song. It was like, there was a, a, a narrator and then in between a breath, like, and drums and back to the story. It's it totally screwed it up. So I thought, Oh geez, you know, if I just really s- simplify this, smooth it out and become part of the story, instead of looking at it from a drummer's perspective, where can I sneak in a little something here? Um, you know that was you know even with all the experience I'd like to think that I have every now and then the drummer's ego still wants to.
2: Yep, yep. Us, you know it pushed you. It seems so, like it pushed you.
0: That was that was that was a learning experience. That that whole thing and that song in particular
2: actually. So Matt, your 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 podcast uh, I thought was really really cool, really interesting perspective in a lonely place
1: yeah well um, you know it's funny i don't do it anymore because i right. did it just during lockdown thank you for that it was uh it's a it's a humphrey bogart m- m- uh, movie a smithereen song and it was like uh it was a great title for being by myself in my uh in my apartment mm-hmm. and just interviewing people but i do have a new podcast that's coming out friday guys i do want to tell you about it's Please. very short so you don't have to invest too much time in it it's they're seven to eight minutes long and they're on spotify okay and it's called Mist Riffs, and it's comedy. So imagine Behind the Music meets Spinal Tap and uh, The Ruttles and things like that. That's what it is. It's, <laughs> it's fake bands and fake artists and their stories about how they were one riff away from superstardom, right? They don't, they, they don't exist. And these really crazy songs that these guys have written. So I'm working with these guys. It's really funny. If you go to Spotify now and check it out, there's a trailer on there. Once again, it's called Mist Riffs. And, and there's three short episodes coming out on Friday. They're always short. They're like, like I said, so you can blow through them in like seven or eight minutes. It's the story that is ridiculous. And then it's the song that's even crazier. So it's, it's really fun, that but there's a two minute. Cool. You guys will enjoy it. If you as music yeah. lovers, you know, we all love send, music. Send us the link. I'll do that. I definitely will. Because you, you guys will and really you, enjoy you, it. And yeah, you, mentioned the the, hey Todd, you, you
4: mentioned. Send the link. Hey, Todd, I got to get your phone number. I'd like to talk to you more about uh, the video stuff.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah, right on, man. yeah. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. I, I'm gonna probably put you in touch with my engineer because he's the one that really, really does it. Yeah, but yeah man, I, I, I can help I'd, out. I'd
4: like to talk to you about the Dom thing we just did. I want to see what part you played. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: I, I, I'm so busy this month. I, I, I thought, how am I gonna do this? I, I'm, I'm completely slammed. Happily, thankfully, slammed this month. Yeah. And then Dom said, "Well, maybe could you just do the a four, a four-bar solo, and then maybe at the end?" I said, "Ah, yeah. How can I say no? Yeah." So I did. I did a four-bar solo, and then I, I played from a letter T on the chart to the end. Yeah. That's all I, I had time yeah, to do. I, I didn't
4: bother looking at the chart. I looked at the numbers on the on the thing. You know, I said no, I don't <laughs> want to. Put hey, it here.
2: you know uh, uh, Hey, Matt, you just chartless. chartless. Matt, you just chartless. you just uh, yes, shirtless or chartless? Matt, you just chart- mentioned chartless uh, shirtless. Uh, these the chartless guys, in uh, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Spinal Tap, Matt, but. Todd, you've got history with those guys. I think you're either toured or on an album with them. I mean, what that whole dynamic with Spinal Tap? Uh, I,
0: I did. Um, I did the Tonight Show with those guys in 2000. I did a couple other TV shows in 2009, and I played two songs on the uh, Derek Smalls solo record. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, I mean. Clearly they're comedic geniuses. It's a firing squad of comedy, but they really play and they want to play well. They take it seriously. Were they they on 11? Were they on 11? (laughs)
2: Always.
0: I don't know about that, but I I did see Christopher (laughs) Guest uh, bong um, uh, like a Marshall uh, head. He didn't like the sound of that one and they brought him another one. So, you know, he's, he's into it. He's not just like, ah, that's fine. I'm just doing this. They, they, uh, they want to play and have fun and sound good doing it. I got
4: a funny story about that. When that when that uh, thing came out, that movie came out, I was with King Cobra, right? And we were playing theaters, little theaters, opening up for people. And I felt like I was living that thing, you know? Because we'd go to try and get to the stage and we got lost. We you know, did that, down, too. Downstairs in that. the boiler room, you know, we're, yeah. where the hell's the stage? And then we, we, we'd go up. On, on the bus and look at it, on the bus and I said, "Turn that off, man! I don't even want to see that. I feel like I'm living this because I just came out of like, you know, Ozzy and Rod Stewart playing, you know, six nights at the Forum and all that stuff, and now I'm I can't find the stage. I'm in the boiler room, you know.
3: We played yeah, se- it, we played seven nights at the Forum just for the uh, yeah
4: yeah okay. Well, all right, all
0: right, all right, all right. <laughs> me, me too. Even even backstage, we're we're playing. Uh, um, the Daily Show with Jon Stewart and those guys had ordered sandwiches. I went out for some pizza. I, I came back and Christopher Guest opens up his sandwich and looks at me and goes, would you look at that? And there was so much meat and there was tiny little bread on there. And I'm like, oh, these years later, the man just wants large size bread. Can someone get him large size bread? <laughs> his rider. Like,
1: oh, it's it's got it it to be his rider. That's the best. That's great we oh, cool guys. So you guys,
2: hey, Matt, what you got,
1: are you still, up? I'm sorry, yep. go ahead. Oh, you were going to ask me what I'm doing? You know, I still have my syndicated yes. Yeah, what you show. got, you, you got KLOS you know, going? Yeah, KLOS Sunday nights, I do like a New Rock Countdown, where I also play, like what I do, it's interviews. Mm. So one week it's like, you know, it's Angus Young, the next week it's Royal Blood or like the Pretty Reckless or, you know, or, or it's Sammy Hagar or Michael Anthony or, you know. Our, Kodiak. Our, Kodiak next. So, yeah. And, oh, you know, and I got a great time. Can I say, I have a show coming out that I'm a part of that Carmine yeah. and I were just hanging out on shooting. Yeah. It's great band from Jersey, Kodiak, uh, who I love. Right? Those guys are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, such, there's so much good young talent. So there's a show coming out that Alice Cooper and uh, Gavin Rostell and, uh, you know, people like uh, Tristan Bossi Lizzie Hell yeah. from Hailstorm are all judges yeah. on this uh, thing called No Cover, and it's a rock music original song competition. So it's like the opposite of voice in American Idol. You have to actually write your own songs, which is instead of doing covers. Sounds so fair. we yeah. shot That's the cool. show, and they're editing it right now, and I'm not sure which streaming service or network it's going to yeah. be on. But it was a uh, lot of fun,
4: though. It was fun. You know, yeah. All my old friends.
1: I loved having you there, Carmine, because I got yeah. to pick your brain about about the BBA albums and yeah. the Fudge records and everything. It was yeah. so much fun. You know, great. I always wanted to ask you. And we had a blast. It was great hanging with you there, yeah. you know. That so, that so that's cool. And, you know, just so you know, like, yeah, I'm on Kayla West Sunday night. It's called New and Approved. It's a rock countdown of New Rock. But then I do album anniversary. So I'll, like, do something like Mob Rules or Holy Diver that, you know, you were on, Vinny, and talk about you guys. Or I'll, I'll do something that Carmine's on or even Todd, yeah. with you guys. Cool. So, like, I do... Yeah, so it's not just new music. I'll do stuff and I'll tell stories about songs and and recording sessions. And so we were listening
3: to you on Sunday driving home with Nancy Wilson.
1: Oh, you heard it. Yeah. Oh no that
3: I was waiting for the song. for oh, it Van came, Halen. And oh, it was it playing.
1: Oh, the instrumental was playing under it because it was a quiet instrumental. Did you hear it? No. And then we. Oh, you didn't hear it? I don't he know. He can't hear. And yeah. he the aids. And
4: wait, I'm, waiting, yeah. I'm going, He's a drummer. <laughs> Hello, he's <is> a drummer. <laughs> Come on, yeah. he can't hear
1: nothing. Yeah, believe it or not, I think tell have a funny story. It was it was played under it because it's a very quiet instrumental. It was like the story of the song. And then we played her duet. She or she did a song with Duff, McKagan, and with McKagan. Taylor Hawkins, uh, party at, uh, at the Angel Ballroom, which was about like Tom Petty and Chris Cornell, and people that had passed. So yeah. and Eddie. Another song, so we played that, and then you know, you know so you, were, so Vinny, you're living, at, you're living in LA.
3: Yeah, I'm
1: down uh, near Temecula.
3: No in kidding, San
1: Diego. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's amazing. I didn't know you were listening. You got to come on the show, then you're close. You know? Yeah, I come, I come on the show. <laughs> yeah, you got to do come that. Right it's crazy. We'll Sing an email yeah. after this.
2: Yeah, just we'll do that. That's, that's your good. Balls to be busted.
1: Yeah, I want all you guys <laughs> oh, on this show. Just,
2: just don't wear but a white funny. jacket.
1: I tell uh, you. Quit yeah. picking on
2: me, you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Met. We wish you the best, uh, Todd. We hope uh, I'm sure you'd be hitting the uh, the tour circuit uh, on the the new uh, the 17th studio album. Sticks is dropping in June. Crash of the Crown. You'll probably be touring that uh, this year. Hopefully, you guys going out?
0: Uh, yeah, we're going out. We're doing nine shows next month. So oh, that's uh, great. You know, ba- baby steps into a new world that we once knew very well, and it's you know going to be some new terrain. Yeah, Todd, and, I'm, I'm man, excited. For, I got to meet I you one of these days. I guess I, just, I, yeah,
1: man. Right on. And also, Tommy's going to be on the show soon. Just so he's going to be on, my, on, the, on the KLOS show. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, cool, T- you know? Tell him hello. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> did you guys <laughs> do Was the album made in lockdown? Like, is that how it was done? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did
0: everything here in, in three days, and then there you go, lads. Ha- yeah. Have at it. So yeah. That's how we did it. I mean I, I mean, I haven't seen any of the guys since February of 2020.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, I mean, Matt, maybe you could feature. I think I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Paradise Theater's 40th anniversary this year of sticks. So yeah. maybe you could feature that album on your show. I have to do something from album. it.
1: Oh yeah, anything. Uh, yeah, always. I love to go back and do album anniversaries and talk about the recordings and songs and what the songs are about. It's, it's a blast. I mean, it's it's you know, I live for that. I mean, I love. I just love. That's music why your interviews
3: are so good, Matt, because you're passionate about music rock everything and yeah. and you live it some of these guys do do interviews and you go they seem bored you know
1: yeah yeah you're I, it, that, that's a shot thank you Benny. i appreciate that's, that's really nice of you to say that means a lot to me guys, yeah yeah it's really no, it's good. something. it's
4: good even i felt that when you did it at that no cover show you're yeah, very I, enthusiastic unlike most some other people of you
3: guys you know yeah you I'll had I'll shout the other day the guy goes so in this other interview you said that uh Tony Iommi, I'm going. What do you read the other interview for? Yeah, I just ask me.
1: <laughs> right. Come up with something new. Yeah, you know, like, you know I, I got to say this, guys. I mean, it's, <clears> I just <throat> lo- because I love music so much and I love rock and roll, and I really care about it passionately. Right. And, those, and what, what you guys shows. are doing and thinking when you're creating and, and uh, coming up with the ideas of the instruments that you play, and the songs that you write, to me, that's what I live for. I'm, it's, it's my passion, and I, I've never lost any of that. That's that great. I've had since I was a kid, you know. I just because it's still what drives me. I mean, you know, I just love music so much, and I'm really grateful, guys. I'm super grateful that I'm still doing it all these years yeah. later. You know what? Yeah, we Yeah. you
4: keep me hang, when we get this new song by Fudge out? We're gonna send you a copy. Oh yeah, I'm dying to hear it, man. You know it's that it's got the same kind of power as hanging on. Yeah. And you know, hanging on was mono.
1: I know, right? That's what...
4: we're missing this one mono. Yeah, I'm glad you're
1: doing it. That's cool, you're doing it, Mono. That's great. Yeah,
4: and I'm using my old Ludwig bass drum that has that old sound too. So,
1: yeah, the that record sounded like thunder, man. It's so powerful. The bass drum so was the
4: loudest thing on. You keep hanging on. It was the yeah. loudest. It's <laughs> <in different laughs> so <bass>. great. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I love that. Yeah. It's Matt, it, it just it never loses up. a power. No, Listen, you know? Matt,
2: we got to We got to thank you for joining us tonight. Very, very exciting to meet you and see you live in person. We wish you the best. Keep on going. Be strong for a lot of us out there. A lot of people are are, are really appreciative of what you've accomplished going through your struggles and being as successful as you've been. God bless you, brother. Amen. Uh, Todd, oh, you. you know, all the best to you tra- uh, traveling on the road, hitting it hard, uh, touring your new album. It's been an honor to talk to you and, and, you know, Keep uh, the Chicago blood going, brother. Really appreciate it, Todd Zuckerman. Yes, I had Lou Melnati's pizza tonight. Just See, so you know, it's a real <laughs> deal, real deal guy. We're gonna send you some Genius Juice hot dogs or some other things. We're gonna send some <laughs> tortellos. You, you gotta have, you gotta have some
4: Iran's, some Iran's meatballs. Meatballs, uh, yeah,
2: that's that's a great. Uh, meatballs. That's great uh, Well, you know what. On, on that note, on that meatball note, Todd, Todd Suckerman, <laughs> Matt Binfield, thank you so much for joining us, hanging and banging everybody. Make sure you, smash, you, guys. Smash, you guys. smash that Facebook uh, page to like us and follow us on our follow us on our YouTube channel, our podcast on Spotify, here on iHeartRadio. We're here every Thursday, six o'clock central, seven p.m. Eastern, on Hanging and Banging Artists on Lockdown. Next week, you'll see the guys from the Alarm. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to my co-host. Uh, Carmine and Vinny, love you, brothers. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next week, next Thursday on Hanging and Banging.
0: Bye-bye.